Hey everybody, welcome back to the Pixelist Podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. I'm Will, that's Blake. Today we're here to talk about a little wizard, witch, and wild one. I always want to say wardrobe now, because of the lion, <laughs> the witch, and the wardrobe. Yeah. Hot take. I don't know if it's a hot take. I didn't really like the Narnia movie. I thought you were about to say you didn't like this episode. I was going to be like, oh, uh, okay, we're getting started no, off uh, I love this today. episode, and we'll get into why. But, um, yeah, you know, I, I this was like around Lord of the Rings time, mm-hmm. which, you know, no one talks about Narnia these days. People still talk about Lord of the Rings. I just don't think the movie was very good. I also didn't read the books, so I don't know if, like, it was one of those things where if you read the books, you liked the movie better. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess I just wanted to start this episode knocking... Not I, only, I only saw the first one, I think. I didn't realize there was more than one, or maybe I forgot. There's like a whole series, I'm pretty sure. Of the movie? Yeah. Oh. There's at least more than one. I don't know. Maybe they didn't like finish the, the saga, but I know they at least made a couple. Oh, wow. There were three movies. Wow, that blows my mind. Bro, it's, it's funny you bring that up and Lord of the Rings, because in the... Uh, in the fireside chat for this episode, um, which I just listened to, uh, one of the questions they were asked were like, what, what books specifically, but they were talking, they, the, the question transformed into basically like what media, what art like transformed you as like a person slash storyteller. And everyone said Lord of the Rings. Um, <clears throat> so it's just, you know, funny that you brought that good up. Good stuff, man. I so think, good. I think we're due for a watch through. Extended edition, of course, but yes. they, Peter Jackson, what are we doing? Why, why am I just goozing endlessly on this? It, <laughs> it, but I mean, you know, when, when did Lord of the Rings come out? Like 20 years ago? It's been, yeah, it's been a while. Like when we were in high school, right? If yeah. middle or high school, I think. High school. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, all that to say, <laughs> we like Lord of the Rings, I guess. And we we're kind of mid on Narnia. <laughs> um, other announcements. Let's see. We have uh, the Ravening War episode four that we're gonna. Have you seen it yet? No, got to watch it tonight or today. Okay, I got to watch it too. Um, we've heard it's good. We have mm-hmm. that um, Critical Role. I haven't seen. I think you've watched half. I bought. I need like three fourths. I have a little bit left. Yeah. So that. Um, I think we're gonna do a little Diablo four initial reactions maybe video at some point. Yeah. Um, Will and I have just been playing endlessly <laughs> the last few days. We yeah. look tired. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's why I'm wearing my glasses. My eyes yeah. were like, please, please help so, us. Yeah. Give you, I actually went to the bathroom last night and as I was like, I was like washing my hands and I looked in the mirror and then I leaned in and I, it looked like my eyes were bloodshot and I was like, <laughs> they probably were, man. I was like, have I had this many like red capillaries that are like. So it is one of those moments where like, or this is what I mean the other day. My wife was like, see, I don't know if you can see it, but I have like a little like birthmark freckle right here. Well, like two days ago, my wife was like, oh my gosh, when did you get that? And I was like, my whole life I've had that. <laughs> and she was like, no, you definitely haven't. I was like, I, I have, I've, I've had it my whole life. Um, so like looking in the mirror, I was like, how long have I had these? Is this one of those things where anyway, yeah. so we've been playing a lot of video games lately. We have, we have. <laughs> So um, I digress. 
but uh yeah i think that's i think that's everything um coming down the pipeline um yeah right nothing else do you know it's coming down the pike pike it's coming down the pike that's like the phrase the phrase yeah no It is. I just thought since we're always talking about expressions, we don't know. This is one I actually do know. I mean, Coming maybe that is how it originated, but it's definitely become pipeline. Let's just see what Google completes it with. Coming down. Oh, it auto completes with the pike or pipe. Huh. What does <laughs> pike down. mean? I, I don't know. Well, you you knew this. You knew the etymology but you didn't look into why i knew i only knew the (laughs) the original the correct one because i was watching toonami as a kid and it was like one of those like you know which by the way the old school toonami um commercial things were yeah amazing but it was the toonami guy who was like it was like an ad and he was like hey we have lots of things coming down the pike and i was like that's embarrassing they said the wrong (laughs) word and then i I figured it out yeah so Anyway, lots well, of things coming down the pike or pipe. Whatever I learned. Good to know. Yeah, I gotcha. So, well, uh, starting out with uh, the uh, Wizard, the Witch, and the Wild one, we like to do a little recap of the episode. So if you haven't caught up or maybe you forgot what happened, uh, we do that little brief recap, and then we cut it out as a separate piece of content uh, before going into our full discussion. So if you're watching just that recap, down in the description, we're going to have the full uh, the link to the full episode, so you can check that out. Uh, but having said that, this was episode seven, uh, Kahuna, Kahuna, Big Kahuna, or just Kahuna? I think it was just Kahuna, but do you remember okay. Big Kahuna? In... No, what was okay. that? It's like a water park in Destin. I don't know if you ever went okay. there. It was like stuck in my head. I was like, Big <laughs> Kahuna. Um, and so basically, this episode opens up with the party meeting Moro, uh, and basically... Um, Wait, uh, I thought I was the first half. Oh, you're the first half? <laughs> oh, sorry. You go ahead. No, are you good, though? Like, I mean, we can no, swip, switch. Okay. No, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> I, it, I totally didn't rewatch the first half this morning to make sure I knew it. So <laughs> you're good. Are you sure? Because we can... Yeah, no, I'm good. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, yeah. As Blake was saying, we pick up back with the crew in the Tower of the Scepter's Chorus, um, where Suvi has just been given this, like, grand, warm welcoming. Uh, Moro again mentions that he is a big fan of Suvi's parents and even says that he has a collection of their works. Um, More on that a little bit later in the episode. But Moro says, before any business, let's get you fed and tended to, um, and then basically leads them towards this, like, grand dining hall. As they're on the way, Moro asks Suvi about uh, Ame and Ursuline, being like, you know, how who are your traveling companions? How did you come to, you know, be with them? What are you guys up to? Uh, and Suvi doesn't really want to answer him, so instead she does a bit of an intimidation check and is successful. So Moro's like, let's let's get you some food first. Um, <clears throat> so they arrive at the dining hall, and it's like you know this beautiful setup with all these enchanted magical chairs that are basically just like these floating chairs. Ursulon is fascinated uh, with them, but Ame kind of has this interesting. I don't know if it was like an insight check or what it was, but Ame has this moment where she is kind of like turned off or even kind of repulsed at this use of magic. I think she even says it's almost vulgar to her. Just this like, you know, being a witch magic to her is like for utility and like helping people and not, yeah, yeah, Yeah. not just like this extravagant show of useless, you know, to make a chair a floating chair 
Um, <clears throat> but so they sit down and then these plates of food uh, just telekinetically like float out toward them and they start to eat. Um, but these are like fancy mage dishes and Ursulon, you know, does not have proper etiquette or manners. So uh, Suvi is trying to kind of like subtly teach him how to eat eat each thing. Um, and Moro kind of clocks this happening. Uh, but Ame clocks Moro <laughs> clocking that. And so she then kind of similarly like pretends not to know how to eat things and is very like uncivilized to trying to like kind of help cover. Um, <clears throat> so as they're eating, they ended up like kind of finishing through and Moro asks, so what can the Scepter's course do for you? And, uh, and he kind of asks again, like, you know, why are you here? Basically, what are you up to? And Suvi says that, uh, you know, Archmage Silence basically sent me on this walkabout of the empire so that I can like learn the culture and get more experience so that, you know, I can better serve the people. Um, she rolls a deception check on this with a self-imposed disadvantage and I think rolls like a six, and so, you know, he's not really buying it. But Ame chimes in and is like, yeah, I'm I'm the only witch of Toma, and I too am on a walkabout. Uh, and she rolls a nat one on her deception. <laughs> of course. And, yeah, and Moro's like, you're the only witch from Toma. Like, I'm familiar with yeah. another witch. And Ame's like, oh, yeah, well, Grandmother Ren, she actually passed away. Um, so he offers his condolences and says, you know, he only knew of her by reputation, but he had gotten a brief... Um, when he was hired to this position, he kind of got the breakdown on all the local powerful hedge mages and powerful people around. And grandmother Rin was one of them. He says, but you know, not as like a threat or because she was an enemy or anything, just because, you know, she was powerful and, uh, they insight check this and he seems to be telling the truth, but Suvi knows a lot more than like just the general people might know about this and thinks that Moro must just not realize how powerful or important Rin really was. Um, <clears throat> so then Moral wants to know uh, about Ursulon, where he's from, what he's doing. And he says he's from Silbury. <laughs> he's the strongest man in Silbury, in fact. And so to showcase this, there's this hilarious <laughs> moment where he tries to lift this table, which is like several tons. Can't do it. Uh, so Moro like telekinetically lifts over a chest and is like, try this. And he tries to lift that. Can't do it. So then he starts like taking out silverware, tries yeah. to lift it, fails again, yeah. and then finally like so rips good. everything out of it <laughs> and finally <laughs> is able to lift it. It was great. Um, good. It's so funny. It really was. Then Ame asks like, hey, can you show us around the city? Like teach us about what's going on here. And uh, Moro says, yes. In fact, he's been at work or they've been at work, but he uh, has been working on something very special here. And Ame's like, oh, is it the thing in the ocean? And like his eyes go wide and he's like, you're very observant. Um, and he's like, yes, the uh, the lights out in the ocean are a culmination of more than a decade of study, observation and research and feats of magic from yours truly. Uh, four or five years ago, the crown gave permission for construction to begin. And so I'd be more than happy to give you a tour of the work we've done since then. Um, this is something or there is something here in Port Talon that we found that I believe is of true arcane importance and significance. And as he says all this, um, Suvi and basically Ame and Ursulan as well, all realize that Moro looks at Suvi as like his big shot, like his big chance to make it in with the people that matter. Um, 
this is essentially like his life's work and he believes what he's been working on could really like, you know, yeah. set him off. Um, but he then tells him that like, it's more impressive at nighttime. So like take a few hours, you know, get comfortable. Uh, and then I'll give you a tour later. And as he's saying this, uh, another mage actually comes into the dining hall uh, wearing all red. And we come to find out this is the wizard pain, the one they are looking for. And he tells Moral like, Hey, I need to talk to you about the budgets. And Moral's like, Hey, after dinner, I'll talk to you in a little bit. Um, but then he turns to the group and he says, let me show you guys to your rooms. Um, and you know, we'll meet later tonight to go on this tour. And, uh, that's where I will toss it off to you, my friend. So, uh, we had a little internet issues, so we had to pause for a second. Um, <laughs> sorry. Um, picking up from my half, um, the party sent off to their rooms. Suvi speaks with Moro for a second and Moro is very much concerned about, um, Hey, you're, you're hired help, your bodyguard. Not quite as strong as I would hope. Are you okay? Are you going to be safe? And Subi's basically like, it's okay. I'm on a special mission. These people have been handpicked. It's okay. And Moro says he doesn't want to pry, but essentially there's some kind of check that I can't remember if it was a role or not, but essentially Moro, Suvi realizes that Moro knows she's not being forthcoming, that there's some suspicion there, not necessarily in a nefarious way, but that Moro's kind of clocking like, Okay, there's something happening here. Yeah. Uh, despite this, Suvi's like, hey, I want to see what you have for my parents. Uh, and Suvi is led off to a library where she's given a book, a, a collection of sorts from her parents. During this conversation also, uh, pain is going to appear again, still looking sad. And uh, <laughs> is basically like, hey, can you sign this budget? Uh, and Suvi um, more basically says like, you know, do you have anything to say to our esteemed guest? And Payne is basically like, hi, and goes back to Moro, um, not giving her at all the acclaim that Moro gave her. Uh, Suvi, it, I, I can't remember if there was like a, if there was a check or not with it, but Abria basically plays Suvi with like this moment of suaveness of like, um, I, you know, I have found paperwork and budgets to be, but then she can't think of what to say to finish it. And so she's like, so I just stopped talking. Um, <laughs> and Payne and Moro like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a great moment. Uh, despite this, Payne leaves having his budget signed, and Suvi basically is like, you know, that guy's a jerk. You know, he's really rude. And Moro is like, you know, it's it's a real shame people who've seen the glory of the Citadel that they would be so um, devoted to budgets and paperwork instead of like the bigger things that we're trying to do. Uh, despite this, Suvi, they say she says her goodbye, goes back to her room, and des decides let's get the party together because we need to figure out what we need to figure out what's happening to essentially basically eventually get to wave break her. So she goes to, um, Ursula's room and Ursula answers the door covered in sweat. Furniture's all been moved in his room where he's been clearly trying to <laughs> prove himself to be strong. Uh, she collects him, goes to Ame's room. Ame is trying to get the Fox to take a bath, which the Fox is like, I don't even know what this is and I don't want to do it. <laughs> And it's basically like, all right, guys, we got to we gotta figure out what we're going to do here. So they talk about what should we do about pain. And they're like, maybe we should just turn him in, like just out him and put, turn him in. And the party's like, well, if we do that, Will Gallows will likely kill him. So maybe we shouldn't do that. And essentially they decide, you know what, I think we need to get more information on, on pain. Uh, Ursulon can go invisible. How about he and the fox can sneak off to um, pain's room 
and the rest of us will kind of create a distraction. So they step out of the room together and they are invited on a tour immediately. Like people who are like, oh, hey, like, uh, are you looking to go on a tour? And Suvi's like, yes, actually, we are. Um, meanwhile, as they're on their tour, uh, Ursulan very awkwardly says, um, I need to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and Moro, <laughs> uh, I can't remember if it was Moro, it was just a wizard in general, but. Um, Keeping in, in trend with the whole episode of this these wizards being surprised or mages being surprised at um, the awkwardness of Suvi's friends is like, okay, sure, uh, go right ahead to the bathroom, I guess. So Ursulat and the Fox sneak off. Um, Suvi and Ame are shown to this warehouse where there are these large, um, these massive barrels of... Uh, Britain described it as like basically salt, but like of like a sickly green color to it. That's being poured into these large containers. Um, and these are essentially supposed to be taken to the wall, uh, the large wall that's been erected in town. They also see, uh, I think it was like wands or some kind of devices that the mages describe as being important for affecting current and something. There was like a line about how, like great magic can happen when there's enough of a current or something like that. I don't know if you remember like yeah, how it was. They had like described. these big aquariums and mages were testing wands in them just because yeah. like one in a hundred has like a special property that like enables them to control yeah. like currents and water. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, from that, uh, Ursulan is sneaking off to Payne's office and in sneaking into Payne's very small eight by eight office, Payne is there and immediately spots Ursulon, who's not invisible. And Ursulon's like, hi. And Payne's like, hello. And Ursulon basically is just immediately puts his cards down and is like, Suvi wants to speak to you. Whereas where Payne is kind of like, why? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> and uh, Lou is very much like, I didn't want to be in the situation. And yet here I am. And is like, um, he basically just says like, hey, uh, we know, we know. <laughs> and Bane's like, you know what? And he name drops Will Gallows, to which Payne immediately stands up. And Brennan reveals that Payne in this moment is either thinking about um, basically coming with uh, Ursulon and figuring out what does Suvi know, or just outright killing Ursulon. He has... Ursulon roll a luck check for um, high or low. Uh, he rolls a six and immediately Payne stands up, uh, pulls out a dagger, cuts himself and drops the dagger and basically says like, oh no, you've cut me or something like that. Basically claiming self-defense and yeah. prepares to uh, electrify Ursulon. Meanwhile, uh, Ame is messaging the fox being like hey how's it going and the fox is like we're here we're in the room <laughs> um and that's basically where the episode ends so episode seven uh kahuna of the wizard the witch and the wild one uh, and again if you're watching just the recap uh you can watch our full discussion it's linked in the description um so yeah all right will thoughts uh great episode as always um big cliffhanger was, oh yeah uh, when I finished listening to it, I was like, no, I have to wait two weeks now for the next one. Um, but yeah, as always, enjoyed it. You know, um, this one had some interesting, we're getting, we're peeling back some layers of, of some of the, yeah the things we've been wondering about in terms of like magical 
I always get this word wrong. Hierarchy. Hierarchy. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah. what's going on with this this wizard's Derek? And we got there's there's lots to talk about. But yeah, I yeah. I enjoyed this episode. What about you? Loved it, loved it, man. There, I I don't know like the and maybe you guys watching, you know how to articulate this better than I do. But there's something like when I think peak D and D, like I use that phrase a lot. Um, but like, and I don't know how I would describe it. But sometimes I watch an episode where I'm like, okay, this is peak D and D. Um, just like the interaction of like the players with Brennan. Um, I think of <laughs> uh, Lou trying to lift the table. Yes. And the, roll just, the DC check just kept getting lower and he kept failing. And then Lou having him like arranging the furniture. <laughs> like just like the clever stuff like that is so fun to me. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really love this episode. I thought it was fantastic and um, and a great cliffhanger. So, yeah. But yeah, they're really long. There really were yeah. some, yeah, only uh, tomorrow. Um, so I'm excited. Hopefully Lou's not dead or Ursuline's not dead. I love Lou being like, please don't, please don't kill my character. <laughs> <laughs> but I, knowing, I, I mean, he can't. It's called, his name, The Wild Ones in the show title, right? I mean, I, I, I think it's possible. I don't think it's going to happen, but I do. I don't no think way. Brennan would just like, I don't know. I don't think yeah. he's gonna die, but I do think that's like it's at least theoretically possible. He cast, yeah, he cast death ray on you um. <laughs> yeah. at ninth level. It's like, wait, yeah. what? <laughs> Who is this guy? Yeah, no, yeah, um, great episode, great cliffhanger. Uh, I guess let's dive into it. Um, the first thing I'll say, Brendan is so good at just the design of his characters. Um, we continue to see the fox shine, you know, where the fox gets the chum. I like how the fox is, is like this very sensitive, but yeah. like um, <laughs> clever. You know, he's like, I don't know why I got something different, but I love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then also the way he developed Moro versus pain of Moro being like this, you know, delusions of grandeur. Um you know, disinterested in the budgets. Like, I don't know. They're just, I don't know if I'm saying it well, but I just, every time no, I yeah. meet a new Brennan character, I'm just like, man, he's done such a good job with this. And they're all fairly unique. Unlike my D and D campaigns where like every character has like the same voice. And <laughs> so. No, yeah, I'm with you. Um, they've all been so interesting so far. And yeah, especially the Fox, he's the best. And I, speaking of like the little moments, um, also that that I think it was toward the end of the episode with Lou just randomly saying like, Hey, don't let them bathe you. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> that was Even so one good. time it's too late. <laughs> and he's like, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> we got so, such... still... Sorry. I was gonna say, am I still in frame by the way? I had to move my camera. Yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. You are. Um, yeah. They have such good chemistry. All of them. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's so fun. So, well, and also think about, the players, I don't know what you call this, but um, every time Brennan has left, like to focus on one character, when he comes back, I'm amazed how that character jumps right into the conversation they were having. Like mm -hmm. we had Suvi with, with um, Ursulon and then cutting over to Ame, Ame immediately sp you know, spoke up and was like, you know, I'm trying to give the Fox a bath. And we had a similar thing where Suvi and Ame at the um, flower pot with the finger to yeah. get to signal Will Gallows, 
went back to Ursulon. Excuse me. And Ursulon was immediately having a conversation with the fox. Yeah. So that kind of like, just like, instead of just like waiting around, like we've been doing nothing because the camera right. wasn't on us. I just think that's great. Yeah, agreed. They're all so good. And they're so quick too. Um, but yeah, I, I noticed that same thing. They're always on, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if that's the best way to put it, but yeah, <clears throat> I love that. They're so thoughtful about stuff like that. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> Lots to talk about here. Um, I guess we could go ahead and talk about the cliffhanger, I guess, fairly quick since we kind of already did a little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, Ursula's not going to die, right? I mean, I I don't think so. I don't think so either. Um, but I do think things could get hairy. And I guess that I mean, I guess they already have, because even if. Even if everything ends up well, like what's the what's the story going to be? Because Payne's obviously going to say that Ursula attacked him. Yeah. You know, so like, is everything going to have to come out into the open right now? Like, is Suvi going to have to say. I'm sure she won't say she's there at the behest of Will Gallows, but she can have to say like, we're investigating pain. Like this, we came here to, cause we heard, you know, the numbers weren't adding up or something like I'm just yeah. wondering how they're going to, how they're going to navigate their way out of this. I think there is an out in that. I don't think it's like going to be, what's the place called? Like the chorus, the Don chorus or something. The uh, Scepter's chorus. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be like anarchy where now it's like an escape and they're like fighting mages. Right. I, especially not at level one, I would assume that pain is a bit of a pain in Moro's side and that there may be an opportunity where that Moro sees to sort of cut out pain. And also, if Suvi is truly in his mind his one way out or rather his one way up like the echelon of mm -hmm. you know getting into the citadel i mean he's gonna he's gonna side with suvi <clears throat> that's down, yeah. right True. so i think i think pain is the one who doesn't realize that uh he's made the wrong choice here yeah that's a good point i uh yeah i, th I think you're right actually if it did come down to like whose whose side is are we gonna believe here i feel like he'll definitely pick suvi and, and therefore ursulon um, I just, obviously there's going to be at least a round or two of, of combat. Yeah. Um, we know Ursulon's level one, like he is tanky at least. Um, so I wonder if he could go down or yeah, I just, I mean, there's, there's not too much point sitting here and speculating cause we could do that all day and we'll just, we'll see what happens tomorrow, obviously. But yeah, I'm just curious how this encounter is going to go. Like, are they going to, are Suvi and Ame going to, quickly enough show up because the fox it, it's it's been a while it's been a few days since i listened so remind me but like you mentioned in the recap he like was kind of oblivious to what was going on and it was like yeah i made it in the room but did ame and suvi get any indication that like they needed to go there i don't think so i think he literally was just like we're here you know and like wasn't communicating um like uh Ursulon's in danger. Um so yeah, I don't know. Because there was and some they can't I was gonna say obviously they can't like rush out to help him, right? Without I mean everyone's gonna have to know, I think bottom line, which I think that's what we're heading to is like a some kind of thing. Um the scary thing is if they're gonna head out to the Derrig in a few hours, there might be some combat out there 
And if Lou gets crackled here, he's not going to have <laughs> a long rest to... I mean, level one, you really... Not only do you not have a lot of health, but you don't have a lot like in the tank in terms of... Um, I don't know what his lay on hands is. Maybe it's 10 hit points to start. Um, it's not much. But anyway, I mean, he doesn't have any spells either at level one. I know that. Um, lay on hands, five. Five hit points. <laughs> not a lot. Yeah. So. Okay, because now I'm, I don't know if I'm getting my details mixed up, but there was... I'm remembering a scene where Ame like casts an illusion and it's like that tree's on fire. Did, is that what happened yes. just now? Or was that, that did happen. a different oh, time? No, no, that did happen. Yeah. Okay. So even though the Fox wasn't like, we're in danger, the Fox said we're here. And then, um, Ame decided to try to sneak off with a distraction or help <laughs> Stuby sneak off. And, um, was like, yeah, like I cast illusion to make the tree look on fire. But then the other, and then Ami Suvi was like, oh no. And then the wizards were like, so let me get this straight. Your, your friend cast illusion and you want to help dispel the illusion? Like, I just love how trusting yeah. they are of yeah, Suvi. Like, What's going on? Yeah. So, and I also love how Brennan played this too of not reducing it's, it goes back to the whole like the monsters know what they're doing or like rather NPCs know what they're doing. Um, you're in a, guild of mages who know magic so i like that brennan wasn't like you know they've never seen an illusion before yeah um so yeah that was a neat moment though but that did happen to, okay to reassert what you were saying uh, okay. at the end of this episode so i guess they probably are on their way which means mm -hmm. they probably will get there pretty soon not that yeah. i mean again he's level one it's at least possible that moro or pain excuse me could still do some quick damage before they get there. But yeah, okay. So I imagine they'll get there pretty quick and then we'll see how the rest unfolds. Maybe like, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just so interested to see because I hope they still do go to the Derek because I want to know what's going on there. Uh, I hope that like this encounter doesn't preclude them from like still getting that, that yeah. tour. But like you said, it seems like Moral will probably side with Suvi. So hopefully that means he would still show them around. Um, but yeah, I uh, I didn't expect this to go this way. Um, and I can't remember if Brennan mentioned it at all during the episode itself, but he touched on it a little bit in the fireside chat too about being like, you know, <laughs> he, uh, I don't I don't remember his exact wording, so I don't want to like speak for him. But he was essentially talking about like, you don't want to like punish people for like creative ideas or stuff. But like he's like, you want to be like thoughtful and he's like you know you you had this plan to go to his office but it's like the middle of the day like he's gonna be there and uh yeah. lou was just like my mind went blank like i didn't know what to do and so you know he just ran straight through it um but i just thought that was so fun for brennan to even introduce this at level one so early like mm -hmm. again we don't think ursulon's gonna actually die but like that's kind of on the table um just a cool, cool DM move to make, I thought. Yeah, and it does make me also un unrelated, but similarly related, I guess. Did I just say two opposites? Um, <laughs> unrelated to the story, but something that it makes me think of is the pacing of leveling that Brennan's going to do. Because um, we don't know if Brennan's doing milestone XP or um, 
combat XP. Um, and just because he hasn't mentioned like a combat XP number, I don't know if that necessarily means that um, he isn't doing it. I do think, I know there was a conversation he had with Matt Mercer on the value of milestone leveling, um, which makes me think his bias is towards that. Um, all this to say, we're now going to be eight episodes in tomorrow. Um, every other week, 16 weeks, four months. So four months, still level one. <laughs> it just, it, it does make me wonder like the pacing of leveling. Um, only because some really interesting things happen as you get higher into the levels. Uh, I know they want to do this long term, but I don't know. Have you thought about that at all? Of like, and I'm not saying either way it needs to be faster or slower. I just think it's interesting. Yeah. What this could mean about the pacing of leveling. Yeah. I, um, I hadn't really thought of it other than the fact of like, oh, they're level one. Like in that, it's like I've thought about it in that way, but not in the sense of like, how come they're not level two yet type of thing. Um, to me, I feel like it probably is milestone. Uh, just, I don't know. It feels like it makes more sense for this type of media. Um, you know, kind of Brennan's yeah. at the helm of when that makes sense. And, you know, so yeah. that would be my for, guess. For our listeners also, I think everyone probably intuitively gets it, but milestone XP is um, your character advances in levels when there are either big moments in the story or where there's like a natural progression in the story where your characters would have leveled up rather than like tabulating XP from monsters. Yeah. So, um, so that would be my guess. Um, but yeah, it is, it is interesting. I don't know if I feel like we probably can't like extrapolate too much from it in terms of like, okay, it took four months for them to get to level one. So it'll be another four months before they get to level right. three. Like, I don't, you yeah. know, they might, level two sessions in a row for all we know um i could see brennan doing that like they fight something massive and they're like yeah you you it was such a impactful moment for you guys you're now level three i, I yeah. can totally see that you know why not especially with, yeah. with milestone um but yeah i think it speaks honestly the the strength of just the the story and the characters to where like uh, who cares that they're level one you know like that really hasn't even entered my mind as far as like man i this can this get going you know like uh i haven't had any thoughts like that so um but yeah it is it is crazy to think that they are still level one though so i uh yeah. they've had a few combat well not well just they one i guess one combat yeah with uh the um captain yeah right yeah. Okay. So, which is why I think milestone probably makes more sense, right? Um, in this kind of content, but okay. Yeah. So that's the cliffhanger. Um, pain, by the way, not to retread old ground, but we keep talking about this theory of the name, the names being used, and like how everyone that seems to be associated with the Citadel has a name that may not be their actual name, but is some kind of name that well, we don't know, but we know that Suvi's parents, um, Brennan asked her in the first episode, or maybe it was the, the intro from the children's story, um, what name she would have given them or the name she would, what is their name basically? And then also then described them. Mm -hmm. So like her dad was soft, um, which, characterized his demeanor and her mom was stone 
here we have Brennan introduce a character, Payne, who he describes as it was, I think I can't remember the exact phrasing, but that his face looked like it was designed for sadness or something like permanent sadness. Uh, and his name is Payne. So it's interesting how there, this trend seemingly is continuing. Um, Moro, I don't know what Moro is supposed to mean, but I looked up Moro and it, it's like, you know, part of the affix of tomorrow, like the next day. And we have this character who's always thinking about um, what's next for him. Like what's his next big moment. Um, So I don't know. I don't know. I just thought I was like, Hmm, is Brennan being smarty here (laughs) or what's going on? So, I mean, yeah, I definitely, there's obviously naming conventions in the wizard world. And uh, I think we talked about this a little bit, maybe last episode, but Brennan basically gave us the hint in that there's more than one. So like, be it Citadel wizards or maybe be it specifically to like Suvi's family, even there's clearly something going on with like S names perhaps. Um, but then like maybe, you know, Scepter's chorus, maybe crown mages have their own different naming convention, but I think at least narratively and, you know, thematically there's clearly like a connection between a wizard's name and their character. Um, so yeah, I um I didn't even think about the the potential Moro connection, but I like that a lot. And clearly there's one with Pain, like you said. And I mean not to be too on the nose, but Pain, the man who also literally like slashed himself in order to like, you know, mm-hmm. meet his ends. Um right. very interesting. And uh <clears throat> Yeah, I uh I yeah, we you kinda already talked about this, but I just love the the characterizations of, of Moro and pain. And uh, it just, it all made sense to me. Like in this world, you have this guy who is the leader of, of the, the scepter's chorus or whatever, but he has these higher aspirations. So he's kind of like, he didn't care about like, okay, yeah, you take care of the budgets. Like that's beneath me. Like I have these bigger aspirations. I'm focused on this. So then that enables somebody like pain who kind of like, I don't, I don't want to say hates his life, but, you know, clearly he's like, you know, he, he realizes his position in life. And so he's doing things like associating with people like Will Gallows and, you know, gambling and, you know, stealing money where he can. I, I feel like that all just makes so much sense to me in like the, yeah in the, you know, community of this world. Um, yeah. So, you know, just again, we say it all too often, but props to Brennan. He's really... Yeah is really built like a, a living, breathing place. Um, so yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, and I kind of got us off track here, but yeah, what were we no, going to say? Yeah. I mean, speaking of living, breathing place, it made me think of when they first enter the scepters chorus and they see the white sand from around the Citadel that yeah. Brendan describes has been moved at great expense. Uh, undoubtedly, you know, Moro living vicariously through his, ambition to one day return to the citadel um but it's it's i i personally not gifted enough to do this as a dm but brennan brennan took that one line like he didn't he didn't describe the room from top to bottom i guess which is what i think some people think they have to do to create like a living room Mm -hmm. is like the candles are like this and the wallpaper whatever it is um you know, that one detail said enough about the character characteristics of Moro and his ambition. And then also the line later 
where they're in, they're being insightful on Moro. And Brennan says, um, you know, we've had all these jokes about Ursulon being like, where's the rest of the food? You know, where's the beef, so to speak? Yeah. And um, Brennan says, Moro is the hungriest one at the table. Yeah. Which, again, such a simple line, but says so much. I personally wish, and I mean, I know Brennan's been DMing for 20 years plus. Um, I personally wish I was that gifted in describing so much in such little words. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's the, uh, you know, why use big words when, you know, <laughs> small, small words word. are true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Same great. man. Same. Um, but you're great. We've all got our own talents and you know what? You can get there. Like you said, this man's been doing yeah. it his whole life. So, you know, yeah. we, uh, we all look very small next to the giant, but yeah. Uh, all all yeah. that to say, he he's just he's just doing a terrific job. He's he's really again going on your comment of the living breathing world, really doing that well. So Yeah. And I'm glad you brought that line up about the hungriest one in the room because I, I wrote that down too. That was so good. Um and yeah, speaking, you know, about the the one line kind of illustrating, you know, everything you need it to with the sand. I love kind of the the flip side of that where Suvi is not impressed you know she's like this is just like a like not she doesn't say this but like a facade really like of the it's like a mockery almost of the citadel uh and she equates it because you know like Ame and Ursula are both like this is the coolest place we've ever seen and Suvi's like this place to the citadel is like that stage prop you were acting in compared to you know the actual spirit land that you're from um So I just love that. And I thought it added like, you know, just another nice little layer to the dynamic here of like Moro wanting yeah. nothing more than to like utilize Suvi to get there. Yeah. Um, just, you know, well done, Brennan. Yeah. All around. <laughs> this is just an episode of us just being like, Brennan, you're awesome. We love you. <laughs> Come on our channel. <laughs> Please. Um, okay. Another, another big thing I wanted to talk about, which I think this, I think they go hand in hand is um, whatever the project he's working on that he's so proud of and these experiments that we saw them doing with the wands and the aquariums. Um, So again, how I parsed this and correct me if I'm wrong or jump in is that they have all these wands that they're making and they have people testing them because one in a hundred, one in a thousand, I don't remember what it was said, but one every so often is imbued with like a deep magic that enables it to like press the digitation, I think maybe was what was said. Um, but like can trip, maybe that's what was said, control currents. Um, yeah. And so they're just like cycling through these, looking for the ones that can do that. And to me, this, this, I mean, I think clearly all ties in to the, the, the bigger picture here. We know about these two spirits, um, <clears throat> Naram and Orima, I think. Uh, the water, Naram and Orima was the, the forest one. Mm-hmm. The lovers, um, there was a big war in the past. And we know this plant is encroaching, the kudzu, I think, mm-hmm. uh, which seemingly looks like it could be related to Orima. Why is it upset? Maybe because something is happening to Naram when we have this big thing mm. in the ocean mm. that's doing something and they're testing for wands that can control water. So I mm. think that I know I'm rambling. No, that's great. I think whatever's going on there, either they're producing the wands there or not. I guess it doesn't really matter, but they are utilizing 
Naram's power, or at least trying to find a way to utilize his power. And maybe they have him trapped, or even if they don't, they're clearly like messing with the natural order of things, which then has Orima upset, and that's why this yeah. this other stuff is happening. Totally over my head when this was happening, but I adore this theory. I think this is great. So then the sickly green salt, I'm guessing that's like a component of the illusory wall or the, uh, not illusory, but magical wall, right? I was, I was thinking it was like the, for the witch fires. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah. And, yeah. Maybe so they burn that. Yeah. You're related somehow. But, yeah. But so Orima is basically essentially encroaching on the city to rescue Naram um that they are which they are abusing in some way for their own power is the implication right that would be my like general assumption but again with what we know about spirits and especially like orima being so powerful that even ursuline's dad was like yeah i'm turning around it seems like she would do more than just like make some plants encroach but obviously there's probably lots of stuff we don't really like have an awareness of like you know like why didn't she just like come down in person and like do right. something about it, but maybe there's like a reason why that can't yeah. happen. So yeah, that well, is my, yeah. The, the only like tiny caveat is he didn't seem to know what Naram was. Yeah. That was, Naram was, um, whenever, uh, Ame did, you know, Naram. Yeah. She did the know, greeting, whatever the expression was, um, which that could have been, you know, maybe it's, you know, um, that's specific to that one town which is why he wouldn't have known about it. But it could also be one of those things where it's kind of the cliche. Cliche makes it sound like it's it's bad. I don't mean it this way, but kind of the cliche um, messing with powers you don't fully understand. It's like they're in the ocean trying to pull power from Naram without understanding that this you're siphoning from a spirit. You're affecting the natural order of things. You know, so it could be that also. But um, I love this theory. I really, really like it. That's a really good point, though. You would think that he would at least. <clears throat> so there's like two things here. One, uh, I can't remember the innkeeper's name that told that told them about that greeting. Like, if you go to that town, do this greeting, and then it'll like ingratiate you with them. Clearly, that was like not not like a secret thing, but like something like in the know. So like maybe yeah. not everyone would know that. Um, right. So therefore, you know, maybe Moro didn't. Um, but you would think that like if he was actively like siphoning or like, you know, doing something that he would know the name Naram. Right. Um, but maybe he wouldn't. Um, and right. maybe we don't know the exact details of what's happening. So maybe maybe it could still make sense. But I also but, took it as oh go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, I was actually about to <clears throat> add to it. You go ahead. I, I was just gonna say that that moment um where he didn't know the greeting when I that was at like the beginning of the episode. So when that first happened, I clocked it as, Oh, like this is typical, like guy who's in power here. You know, like he, he mentions later, like I was brought in and they gave me a briefing on the powerful hedge mages and Ren, like to get a lay of the lands. So, like this guy was brought in, like he's, I don't know if it's fair to call him the leader of this city by any means, but a, a position of power in the city. And yet he doesn't know something so simple as like a, yeah. a typical greeting here. Like that's yeah. how out of touch he is. Yeah. Um, it's actually verbatim what I was going to say. Oh, really? Yeah. That's hundred percent. Yeah. It's your stereotypical douchebag person who <laughs> is disinterested because uh, essentially his position is a, is a, it's, it's a stepping stool to his next ambition. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I love that you said that. I agree completely. 
So yeah, but that you bring up, and we just talked about this, but now the interesting thing that I'm trying to parse is, you know, if they are doing this stuff, like you would think he would at least know the name Naram right. and that wouldn't catch yeah. him off guard like that. So yeah, I don't really know. Well, yeah. Unless, but though, unless it's, they've discovered like a source of power and being disconnected from the local culture, wouldn't know it's Naram. Yeah. Just there's some, Hey, there's a lot, this is, this is really cool. Yeah. You know? But if you brought a local in, they'd be like, Hey, that's Naram. <laughs> like you're, you're doing some bad stuff. Yeah. So, you know, so, so, I mean, uh, hopefully we'll still get this, tour of the facility out there and can kind of find out more of what's going on but we know that he thinks it's something huge like he thinks it's profoundly important for the world of arcane and stuff and you know he clearly thinks it can shoot him up this ladder so like yeah i think it is something like substantial um and so it just you know makes me so curious about like what could be going on here and again i don't want to get in the weeds on this since there's so much we don't know, but like, why isn't Orima or whoever like doing more? If it, if yeah. if it is true that Naram is like being captured and tortured or whatever, um, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, yeah. It's baseless speculation right now, so I'll I'll, I'll spare everyone, but. Um, <laughs> I think Just it's good. Really curious to see what, yeah. what exactly is going to play out here. I think it's great. Yeah. Um, what else? There so many good moments. I loved, um, we talked about Ursuline, like not being able to lift the table and just like, <laughs> I loved Moro. They're, they're playing the party very well of being the hapless level ones who like they go when they first get there and they're walking through like the teleportation slab. And, um, you know, more is kind of like, I feel like never seen magic. Like what's going on here. Um, but the continual moments of that, like Ursuline trying to lift the table and, um, yeah, I don't know. There is a conversation that happens early, by the way, about grandmother Wren. Yeah. Where, cause you mentioned the briefing that Moro gets. Um, and they, I don't remember the exact phrasing. They know grandmother Wren to be this character of power. And yet he's being honest in that. Yeah. She's a footnote. And Brennan says something like, you know, one of you is wrong, but you don't know which one or something like that. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think it was that there was there was that whole moment. And then Suvi specifically, he was like, Suvi, you know, things that others don't know. Like, you know, that um, not silver. What is the what is her lady mentor's name? Silver. It is silver. Yeah. I thought Silver was that guy she liked. Oh, right. Um what is right. it? Um Oh man. What it's on is... the tip of my tongue. Stone, silver, soft. Hang on. I'll I'll savory. It's gonna be so obvious. St- no. Uh steel. Steel. Silver, yeah. steel, they're very close. Um, yeah. So steel. And so he, since I got us kind of off track there, he, Brennan says, like, Suvi, you know a lot of things that other people don't know. And knowing that, like, Grandmother Rin is on Steel's radar. Grandmother Rin was someone your parents trusted. Um, so clearly these very powerful Citadel wizards yeah. hold Rin in very high esteem. And there's obviously a lot going on there. Um, and clear, And also... 
I'm not to get into like spoiler territory, but there's like a couple things from the children's adventure and like where Rin is just like important, clearly and powerful. Um, so Suvi knows that to be true. And yet here is Moro saying like, uh, you know, she's just a, you know, like you said, footnote. Um, and he believes he's being earnest. So what's the disconnect there? And the disconnect is just that, or I guess we don't know the disconnect, but for some reason, all wizards aren't brought in on this. It seems only like maybe the upper tier are, um, which, you know, I think just plays into kind of the grand mystery of this, this whole show so far that we don't really, we can't really speak on because we don't know, but kind of the whole inciting incident of this secret that she tried to tell Ame and that, you know, she's one of the guardians of the powers of the world or the heart of the world or whatever the phrasing was. Um, So there's obviously something way bigger at play there with Rin and so I think that conversation was just an allusion to that and that therefore, you know, not yeah, all wizards okay. just know that seemingly only yeah. important yeah. ones do. Mages, I guess. If yeah, yeah. Keeping to the hierarchy. Yeah, right. Thank you. Um, okay. Um, something else that was mentioned that we talked about, um, we picked up last episode, but it was mentioned. Um, what was the crown city or like the the royal family or something like the their name yeah like the um i'm not looking at it right now but it's like Syrah or something that's what i'm thinking to too like I, I i thought Syrah, then i was like that's a wine um so <laughs> yeah i think it's like Syrah imperium or something like that yeah okay yeah interesting okay that was just a detail that i couldn't remember so Okay. Um, what else from this episode? Um, I thought I had one thing, but let me look at my notes real quick. Um, while you're looking, it'll be interesting what she's gotten. That's from her oh, parents. Yeah, that's the, what it was. The collection. Um, the only thing I was gonna say was it'd be interesting what you've seen from the children's story, if anything will be present in these collections she's just acquired. No, um, that is not nothing from that, that pings for me. I don't like, so yeah, I just thought I was, cause she didn't look at it. Right. He like gave her a book, but then like yeah, the story right. kind of progressed. So I'm sure she will look yeah. at it eventually, but yeah, the collections of their, their magic, their magical work, I guess. So like, I don't know what would be in a book. Maybe it's like, it doesn't, didn't seem to be like a spell book. Um, but maybe it was like, I don't, yeah, I don't know what, what to expect as far as what that collection is. Yeah. And did it just come off a shelf like of in the, cause I know it was the library. Was it just off a shelf or was it like on like a pedestal or something? I don't remember. I, okay. And since I don't remember, I feel like it was just something mundane, like off of a shelf, but I don't know. Well, here's the thing that's interesting that I'm trying to parse. Did they know who Suvi was when she got there before she announced herself? Like, did they, when they walked up to the, to the place, the guild tower, was she like, hey, I'm Suvi? And they're like, oh my gosh, like, we know who you are. Or like the did guards already, outside? Yeah. Or were they like, oh my gosh, you're Suvi? Like, because I'm kind of, I guess what I'm getting at is I'm wondering if, I don't know, I'm just so curious about why. Moro seems so like devoted to the, I, the idea of her parents devoted is the wrong word, but like, Oh my gosh, your parents, 
you know, Payne obviously doesn't care. Um, but so much as keeping like some of her parents work in their, in her, in, in his library. Am I articulating this well? Or is this kind of confusing? No, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I don't know if this is right, but the way I parsed it was just that, you know, he, he does, he's clearly always wanted to be the guy, you know, like an important mm-hmm. wizard of the Citadel and clearly his life path didn't pan out that way. And so I feel like he's still been working toward that. And so maybe like, we know Suvi's parents were both like rock stars essentially. So I feel yeah. like his obsession wasn't like just on Suvi's parents, but he probably like has um, an admiration uh, for yeah. all like powerful wizards of, of history. And so Suvi's yeah. parents are amongst those. Uh, so that, that would be my connection is just I like, think, you know, so I thought he said he was a collector of their works, but maybe it was he, like, no, he just did. All, yeah. But I but think that, could, I think that there's just like a notable people or like specifically her parents. I would think the former, like he collects magical, whatever he, whatever it is that he's collecting, like he collect like trading cards. Oh, I also have some of your parents type of thing. Yeah. Again, it'd be like as a nod to like kind of living vicariously through. Yeah. These wizards who've attained like great acclaim. Yeah. Like that's who he looks up to. That's what he wants to be type of thing. Maybe. Yeah. Okay. No, okay, I'm not, that makes sense. not saying that's right, but that, that's how I parsed it. Um, what if he did have like a creepy obsession specifically with <laughs> Suvi's family? Yeah. He's like, you've walked right into my trap. I guess what I was kind of getting at is I, I would just wonder if, um, well, no, never mind. I don't, I don't think that's the case. So never mind. I was going to say maybe that Moro knew she was in town. Um, you know, cause they haven't been super stealthy, I guess, as we would expect. Um, but I couldn't remember if the guard like knew her when she arrived or if they had to be like, Hey, this is who we are. And this is where we're from. Um, I, I guess what I'm getting at, I didn't know if more was maybe playing her a little bit from like the other nods to him being ambitious and hungry and maybe overindulging and welcoming her. Um, I don't know. I don't know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he is, you know, I'm sure he, clearly just looking out for himself like you know um but yeah to what extent uh, i'm not sure what he knew i think as far as like the guards out front of the gate you know she was like she was disguised self and so she dropped it and therefore was clearly a wizard of the citadel with her staff but she didn't say like i'm suvi i don't think okay Um, okay okay um i think that's all i got okay well, uh, yeah, great episode. Lots of fun stuff. Great dialogue between the characters. Uh, let us know what you guys thought of the episode and your theories and thoughts on what happens next uh, in the, the comments below. Um, little thumbnail action? A little thumbnail action. Um, Maybe one of us could be like, uh, I don't know how you would do this. I'll say Ursula on like trying to like to lift something <laughs> and the person just like looking kind of like, you know, I feel nice bad Nice job, bro. Yeah, but I don't know what I would lift. Um, I could go get like a pile of books and like look like I'm struggling to hold it. Okay. Okay. All right. One for that. Let me get a prop. Okay, in here. You know, while he's doing that, let me just say that although in the version that will be put out it'll just be a seamless cut so you probably won't know but forgive me for the technical difficulties during the recap all right
Okay. Okay. Is this in frame? A tiny bit higher. Higher? Yeah, a tiny bit higher. Like this? Yeah, but back centered how you had it, but just like a little bit higher. Yeah, okay, there you go. Like this? <laughs> nice. Nice. All right, one second. Please back. Also, my green screen's freaking out when I get too close. No, it stopped. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All righty, y'all. Well, as always, you know, thanks for tuning in and going on this journey with us. And, uh, you know, you can find us on all the social media platforms. We've got a Discord linked in the description as well. So come hang out with us there. Uh, yeah. Till next time. Bye-bye, y'all. -bye. Bye.